This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Taz. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. Happy New Year, everybody. Yes, Happy New Year. I hope that you all had a wonderful time with your family. And speaking of family, you never know when it's time to hold each other close and really stick together, or if it's time to go apart. Our players this week are Cecil Brown, Darlene's husband and our victim, Hussein Ali Zadeh, Lailane's boyfriend and our accomplice, and Lailane Pinnell Brown, our murderess. Lailane Pinnell was born on July 3rd, 1946. Now, people that described Lailane said that she was flirtatious. She was kind of the life of the party, a jokester. She was still somebody that you could depend on, but mostly she loved people. She loved life and she loved to go out dancing. And it was while she was out dancing that she met the very handsome Cecil Brown. Now, Cecil was born on October 22nd, 1940. So he was a little bit younger than Lailane, but when they met on the dance floor, Cecil was in his early 20s. He was handsome. He was a good dancer. And he was married with five kids. Now, Cecil worked very hard. When he was in 10th grade, he dropped out of school. And because of this, and probably what led up to him dropping out in 10th grade, that's a long way to go without knowing how to read and write. I said, and that's exactly why he quit. I jumped through friends, but he doesn't know how to read or write. And I feel like... He dropped out of 10th grade, they say, because of that. But I'm sure, sure that being in 10th grade and not knowing how to read and write is hard. Like, I can't. I can't think about it. She said, I can't think about it. Because <laughs> I remember when, I remember what, back when you were tutoring those kids a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And that kid that didn't like to read. And you were like, I just can't imagine going through life. And looking at something and not knowing that it says stop or not knowing that that says eyeglasses or not knowing that that says Walmart or that not knowing that that says organic, like not knowing just random sight words. Mm-hmm. You're just lost in the world. You're just lost. But and you, you make clues out of everything, but clues can be misleading. And It really is. But the thing about Cecil was that even though he, he wasn't going to read, he wasn't going to write, he wasn't going to text you. He didn't know his numbers. He didn't know math, and he knew about his money. And I feel like a lot of men are like that. Like I- Cecil was pretty good with money, you know. Like, and when they were messing around, Cecil would dote on her. He would be like, "Yeah, we can go out to eat. Yeah, we're gonna go out dancing." He liked fast cars. She liked riding in them, and they seemed to really enjoy each other. And then after 11 years, he finally left his wife and he was with her for good. And Larlaine, she loved that because here it is. We finally get to be together the way that we want to be together. But the thing is, when you're running around and where you, you're messing around with somebody, and you're just dating, especially for an extended period of time. When you start living together, it's a whole different story. And in the beginning, everything was nice. She was like, oh, Mr. B, you want this? Oh, Mr. B, do you want that? That was her little nickname for him. And they had a son together. And their son's name was Cecil Jr., which he got five of the kids. Yo, let me tell you. I said, that's wild for your mistress to go and have your junior? Oh, yeah. Woo, scandalous. You let your hoe have your junior? I saw that. I said, he got, you can't tell me he got five girls. Like, come on now. Even if he did, you let your mistress have your junior? Well, I mean, now they're living together, so. 
After a while, after a total of 31 years, he said that he was going to finally make a proper woman out of her. Finally. Dreams if it take you 31 true. years... <laughs> <laughs> if it take you 31 years to know if you're going to marry me or not, we got bigger problems than that. But she, to me... She comes across as a person who likes being the other woman. I feel like she Some felt like she like had that. the best of both worlds. She had just enough freedom and just enough security, you know. She probably she probably did like that. She I had mean, her a good one. Like he was definitely providing. He was. And she knew that. And so they had their wedding in 1992. Of course, Junior was already born. He grows up, he gets married to Tahira Pinnell. And when she described Cecil Sr., she said, you know, at first, he was a scary, like, he a big dude. Like, he's a working man. He's scary at first, but he has the heart of gold. He'll give anything to anybody. He was that type of person. By 2002, they've been living in Tacoma Park, Maryland, for about 20 years. And they're in a nice, well-established neighborhood. But the house that they live in, it's got a lot of fixing up and needs doing. But it's okay, because Cecil's handy, okay? He the type of man that you give a fixer-upper because he going to fix it up. So, you know, Cecil, you know, passes down to his son and they would just do repairs on the house. And in the neighborhood, they was just this nice family. The neighbors would say that they were very spirited, would go OD for Halloween and Christmas, decorating their yard. And Cecil, he, he loved working with his hands and was able to, he was that guy you call in the neighborhood when your door hinge a little off or your sink got a little leak to it. That's the man that's going to help you out. You got to remember, as nice and well off as everything is, Cecil never learned how to read or write. This, the the paperwork and everything, the business side of having a home, like paying your bills and shit, that was Larlane's duty, right? Because he couldn't read who it was coming from or who it would go to, you know what I mean? Even, even operating his phone and stuff was difficult. Now, Larlane did try and teach him how to read. But it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, you know? And he would get frustrated. He ain't trying to feel stupid or nothing. You know, insecurity show real, real loud. And it just, it never worked out for him. So he would just come home, get the money over to Larlane, manage the shit, manage the affairs. He ain't trust banks. He had a safe that he kept in the house. But... Again, my man's was good with the numbers, and he knew how to hold on to some money. And it was said that he had $300,000 in cash in his house. He he didn't lead a life that left him needing anything. And so, you know, they got to live nice, a, a soft-ish life, right? You got to go out to eat. You don't have to cook every night. Y'all could go dancing. You spend money without worrying and counting your pockets, you know? You know, some people spend money and they got to go get it right back. He's okay. He could chill a little bit with it, right? I love that. This is what he would do with Larlane. This was what their relationship was built on. When she was the other woman, baby, let's go dancing. Baby, let me wine you and dine you. Baby, let me show you a good time. And now she got a ring on her finger and all of a sudden he want to be in the house. And Larlane's like, no, take me out. I'm trying to go outside. But at this point, they had been together 50 years, you know. Sometimes people meet, they, they stay on this in this older age, you know. and Not women. And I think that's the thing. Like, women's sex drive goes through the roof as they get older. And then he was just about sex drive. Like, she legit want to, I want to go out, tell me I'm pretty, show me off, buy me nice things, let's take a trip, you know, date me. Mm-hmm. But Cecil, you know, he old, he in a routine. He go to work, he come home, put on a TV. He know at 5 o'clock, they playing the heat of the night, and he going to catch the reruns, okay? In the heat of the night. Cecil ain't get all this money and stack his bag up that way just by handing it all out. So, of course, he was kind of tight with his money. And Larlene, like, I don't want to have to ask this nigga every time I want to go do something. So she decided to get herself a job. Claps for Larlane, because most of these niggas don't do that. Most of these stories we tell. You clap for her. I don't. Because at this point, if I'm a stay-at-home mom, right, and this is what we've established, that you go out and make the bread and I'm the stay-at-home mom, I don't want to have to ask for 
money to get my nails done and my hair done. I feel like that's included in the fee of me being a stay-at-home mom. I shouldn't have to feel like I need to go out and get a second job if this is where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because some people... They establish how they want their relationship to go and they move in that direction. And then if it shifts in any type of way, which in this case, in my opinion, my humble opinion, it was shifting on his end because now you're not taking me out. Now I can't go get my nails done. She ain't said nothing about her nails. I just threw that in there. Because I was like, what if she is getting her nails done? What if it's literally he want to be on a couch and she want to be in a section? Like, she want the section and he want a section off. And the big sections at the club. <laughs> she said she's 70, but she still got spice, baby. Um, but anywho, she gets a job working as a teacher's assistant with special needs children. And she's just, you know, earning a little money for herself. And yeah, and they said that she liked it because she liked kids. Like, even the kids in the neighborhood, she was a kid person. Yeah. Like, I think everybody in the neighborhood, they, they were kind of like the old parental people out there like my granny if mm-hmm. i bring anybody around my granny she tell them to call her granny i'm everybody's granny don't call me miss whatever it's granny and so i feel like they was very much popping my on the block yeah everything was fine she had her job and then in 2013 cecil who is now 72 eventually gets laid off of his job and they lay him off because of his old age And this really puts them in a very tight financial situation. Yes, he has some cash stacked up, but, like, we're not having any money come in. And Larlane is not making a livable wage from part-time teaching assistant. So eventually she finds herself borrowing money from neighbors, telling people at the church, oh, we need a little bit of money and a little bit of help here, borrowing money from coworkers, which... I've heard of people doing this. I've heard of people doing this, but I have never had a coworker ask me for money because I would sit there and look them dead in their face and be like, don't you and I have the same job? (laughs) Shut up. If you got to borrow from me, don't you think I'm probably borrowing from somebody else? No, I'm just kidding. Happy New Year, everybody. Tell me, what is your New Year's resolution? Is it to save money? To eat better? to stress less? Well, HelloFresh is there to help you with all three. Say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like delivered right to your door. So maybe you've resolved that you want your family to actually sit down and eat dinner around the table. But what do you do about the days when you have a jam-packed schedule? Well, you can turn to HelloFresh's lineup of quick and easy meals, including their 15-minute recipes designed to help minimize mealtime stress. I love HelloFresh because it has everything you need right in the box and instructions. So if you are a little cooking challenge, HelloFresh is for you. They give you step-by-step instructions and it's very helpful, especially for those days when you just don't want to think and all you want to do is eat. So go to HelloFresh.com slash SWK free and use the code SWK free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash SWK free with code SWK free. Try out HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. <laughs> so after a while she's pawning her jewelry she's trying to do whatever she can to scrape up some cash and Cecil is on the couch watching TV and she's like this is on the couch watching TV like nothing is happening and eventually they're at odds with each other like Larlene is frustrated she feels like she is doing everything now and Cecil is starting to become like her bitch eating crackers, like everything he do just irk her nerves. So eventually one day she's at the local Enterprise Car Rental Service and she meets Hussein Ali Zadeh and they begin to have their affair. Hussein Ali Zadeh was born on December 14th, around 1964. This was a young island man, okay? He wasn't young. He's like in his late 40s at the time. But your boy from Jamaica... And he worked at Enterprise. 
and his family and stuff were still in um, Jamaica, and he would tell Larlene when she came in um, about how he was trying to bring his family to America, and she was like, oh, well, let me try and help you. What she was trying to do was see if this little nigga gonna give her a good time. See, she heard a little something about them island boys, right? They will ruin your credit. Or something or another. They gonna ruin <laughs> something. They gonna ruin something. And you just gonna sit back and enjoy it. <laughs> she said she just had to have a taste of the island, right? She flirted with him. He flirted back. And they say, you know, they got themselves a little sexual affair going on. And she's like deep in lust. Now, mind you, this woman is 20 years older than him. Lali has got 20 years on Ali. He go by Ali. His name was the same, but he go by Ali. She got 20 years. Oh, that's right. She was in her cougar bag. She was in her sugar mama bag. She was spoiling this nigga, taking him out. They was writing love letters and shit to each other. Very explicit sexual love letters. Shit that'll make you blush, you know what I mean? You remember them love letters from... um... Sada, the Sada mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Those were those were good love letters, but these were. I think these were rated X. <laughs> <laughs> now you know most people have at least a little bit of shame, a little decorum, <laughs> a little privacy about themselves, but not her. Lorraine was telling anybody. I don't know about anybody, but she definitely told her daughter-in-law. They was riding around in the car, and she's like, "Listen, girl." You know my little friend Ali. <laughs> he a little mold and a friend. Why are you telling me this? Like, why are you telling me this? Yeah, to hear her daughter-in-law, that sounds like your business, not mine, but yours. To hear is like, oh, y'all got some chemistry or something, and she's trying to brush it off. But Larlene is like, yeah, girl, this my little friend on the side. It's, and then she tells her, continues to tell her son's wife. She tells her son's wife, it's okay to have a little something on the side. Why is my husband's mother telling me about her cheating on my husband's father? Why? And Why? telling me it's okay to cheat on my husband. And tell, telling me that it's okay. And telling me that if I need a little thing on, my, on the side from her son, that's cool too. So this shit, it started, like, the more to hear it start playing it back, the more upset it's getting her. To the point where when her husband got home that night, he finds her crying. And he was like, yo, baby, what's wrong? What's wrong? She was like, right. See, so I don't know how to tell you this. I was in a car with your mom today. And she told me that she been messing around with your daddy. He's like, what? What the nigga at the rental shop? And he's like, What? She's like, I don't know how I'm supposed to keep this from you, my husband. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. You were expecting her not to tell her husband? Girl. So Cecil Jr., he ain't like this not one bit, okay? So he went up to his mom and daddy house, and he was like, Mama, you fucking a nigga at the Enterprise shop. She said, what? <laughs> <laughs> And Lee was like, uh-uh. He said, Mama, don't you lie to me. And I already talked to her. She told me what y'all talked about today. And she know, she know poor little Cecil can't handle this. And she says, nah, me and Ali are friends. I'm just helping his family come over from Jamaica. Then she tried to play Bob, you know. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a nice lady, okay? I seen a man in need. I helped him. But WWJD. You know what I mean? And you come in here asking me these questions. But Cecil Jr., he knew better. He's like, my mama sitting here lying straight to my face. So then Cecil was like, you know what? I hate to break it to him, but I got to tell Dad. So he's like, you know, Dad, I don't know how to say this, but am I cheating on you? And let me tell you something. Cecil Sr. wants y'all to hear it. Ignorance is bliss, okay? Like. Yeah, we working on a project. We build on the house. I turn on the drill. Every time you try and bring that shit up, boy, listen. I don't hear you, okay? I don't know what you're talking about. Your business, and it's my business. But it definitely it definitely felt to Cecil Jr. like his dad knew about the affair and wanted to ignore it. Cecil Jr. was so upset about it, he even ended up 
going up to Enterprise and confronting Ali about it. Like, yo, man, you better stay away from my mama and da da You know, trying to get a little rough with him. From Cecil Sr.'s defense, this man is 73 years old. He done been with Larlene for 50 years. The hell he look like trying to start over? He don't even want to go out. He want to sit on the couch. So if somebody else can tie up her time and keep that monkey off his back, then let it do what it do. Larlene was so excited about this time that she was spending with Ali that Tahir wasn't the only person she told. She told the neighbor, like, girl, you need to get you a friend on the side, too. Ten out of ten recommend. Any, she advises it to anybody. If y'all want to know if y'all should get a side piece, Larlene says yes. Go for it. You deserve it. And the two of them, they continued this affair for over a year. And, I mean, Larlene is in deep with Ali. So deep that she opened up a joint bank account for them. And they shared it. Which, like, with what? There's only so much money that Enterprise and Teaching Assistant can bring in. You know what I'm saying? They're seeing each other, going to hotels all the time. She's paying it, of course. Her and Ali go on trips out of town. She's paying for it, of course. She even bought him a green Jaguar station wagon, which, love that. It was registered in her name, but she bought it for him and he was riding it around. Cell phone account, joint. And that is so crazy to me. And But at the end of the day, Larlane is kind of invincible because it's not like Cecil is going to see that there's an extra line on the account. You know, he ain't even opening the shits at this point, just passing them along. Right. And of course, Larlane, at this point, she feels like Nobody's going to know what she's doing because it's not like Cecil can read. He doesn't see the bank statement. He doesn't see the paperwork. He's not even looking at the bank account. He only cares about the cash that he has in that safe. She can get away with whatever. Now, remember, Cecil still was temporarily retired, but he ended up finding himself another job. And even with this new job, even with him starting to really bring money back into the household, Larlane still continues her affair because things are going great on her other end. But the thing about Larlane, and this is going to be a number one rule, if you got a thing on the side, you got to pay your bills at home. And Larlane was spending all of her money, excuse me, all of Cecil's money on Ali, and she wasn't paying the bills at the house. You got to take care of home first. Right. Now, all this is going on. You would think that Ali is being faithful, but no, he's still fucking around and doing whatever he wants with other women. And then he gets a phone call, ring, ring, ring. I have a baby and it's yours. And this is a girl back home in Jamaica. He's like, oh, man. And, and in May of 2014, he flies down to Jamaica and marries the girl that he got pregnant. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. Larlene is still doing paperwork on her, her end. Of course, they already have the bank accounts, but there's also a life insurance policy that she puts out on Cecil and then puts Ali as the beneficiary. This ongoing affair continues to happen, and Larlane is starting to become desperate because she sees how badly things have gotten. She has spent all of her money on Ali. There is no money to pay the basic bills in the house that she has with Cecil, and Cecil is going to soon find out that all of the money is gone. And being a penny pincher like he is, she was like, oh my gosh, if he finds out that I've spent all of his money, he is going to kill me. And so she says to herself, well, I got to kill him first. So she does what anybody does. And Larlane gets on the computer, clackety-clack on Google, and starts doing her research. Just different ways to kill her husband, like things such as a recipe for cyanide. She looks up how to use a taser. And she looked up... What are different ways to cause sudden cardiac arrest when none of those options seemed like they were the perfect fit for her? She decided that she was just going to do it the old-fashioned way. And if you think just because Ali got married in Jamaica, shit slowing down with him, Larlene, you are wrong. And Larlene's trying to figure out how to lock shit down with her man. And Ali trying to lock down his sugar mama. So Ali and Larlane come up with a plan to be together. On August 3rd, 2014, Larlane texts Tahira and says, I love you all no matter what. 
on August 4th, Cecil East Fork at 6 a.m. Ali and Larleen are texting, going back and forth. They done talk starting at like 5.54 a.m. They still chatting to about 6.40 a.m. And then Larleen's like, hold on, let me let me check in on Cecil and see what time he coming home. When she calls her husband to check on him, he lets her know that she's, he's actually going to be home quite early because it rained the night before at the job site. And they really couldn't get a lot of work done. It was just too wet, too muddy. You know, he's working in construction. He can't do nothing out there in that mud. Cecil's at work packing up, getting ready to head home. And Ali goes over to Larlene's house. Larlene calls Cecil one more time. It's like, hey, don't forget to pick up your check on your way home, okay? And he's like, all right, you right, got you. So Cecil gets home close to 10 o'clock. Larlene cooks him some breakfast. Toast. Two scrambled eggs, grits. That two of them eat breakfast together. Just like the old days, right? Cecil, he's been working on Larlene's truck, so he's like, you know, ain't got nothing else to do. I'm going to head outside and go finish working on your truck out here, right? So Arlene texts her Ali, Ali hiding in the basement, right? And she texts him, when I text you, come outside. And he responds, okay, what door? She says, the bedroom. Some time passes, and she takes him. I'm tired of this old chair. I'm going to leave it out back. Cecil out there working on a truck, working on a truck. Then out of nowhere, Ollie comes up from behind him and starts attacking him. He's beating him down, hitting him. Cecil got his toolbox right there. Ollie going to grab a tool, start beating him side the head with that. He's suffering from blunt force trauma. And, I mean, Ali's really doing a number on him. To the point, this man wallet them fell out of his pocket. The the cards and sh- the, the, the stuff in the wallet done fell out of it. And then, when it's all said and done, Ali goes to work. And Larlane goes to the bank. Larlane comes back home after going to the bank. And when she comes home, she starts screaming, help, help, somebody done hurt my husband, help. Yeah, people start calling the cops. Yeah, the first people that found her screaming was Mr. Cap, David Cap, and he was actually just working in the home of Miss Pinnell Brown. Now, Miss Pinnell Brown is the next door neighbor to Larlena and Cecil. And he's like, ma'am, somebody is yelling outside of your house. And she comes to the window. She's like, oh, my goodness, it's my neighbor. Larlene is running and running. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's Cecil. Cecil grabs Miss Brown. It's like, you have to come. It's Cecil. And they see the bloody scene. Now, also at this time, their neighbor, Miranda Morris. Now, Miranda Morris is the one who she said, who she told that she needs to see the little thing on the side as well. Miranda Morris is in the shower. Her daughter's like, mom, somebody is yelling that they need help outside. So she runs down and she meets up with... Larlane, who of course is like screaming and wailing and throwing herself everywhere around Cecil's body, Cecil's deceased body, David, Miss Brown, and Miranda Morris. They finally end up calling 911, and shortly after that, Cecil Jr. arrives as well with his wife. When the police arrived, they could tell immediately that, you know, he had been struck in the head with quite some force more than a few times with the blunt force object that was pretty clear to see. At first, they think that maybe it's a robbery gone bad, especially because there was a tool shed out back. Maybe somebody was trying to be in the tool shed. Maybe somebody was trying to rob him. You never know. But as they continue to investigate, it doesn't really make sense because his the contents of his wallet was just like, spread neatly across and around his body. It didn't make sense if it was a robbery because somebody would just steal the entire thing. Of course, Arlene is sad and screaming, and they're saying, ma'am, can we talk to you inside of the downtown at the office? And she says, of course. And she gives them details on how her day went. She says that she was at home. She was cleaning at the house pretty much all day. Cecil left for work like he usually does at 5 a.m., She said that she got a call from him, of course, saying that he was going to come home early. And then she told him to go pick up a check to deposit it. Everything is starting to check out, right? She said she leaves 
for the bank and Cecil is headed out back because he's going to start working on something around the house. And that's when she comes back yelling for her husband and she sees his body. Police are like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Can we just check and make sure that those phone calls actually went through? And she's like, yes, well, Cecil's phone has also been disconnected for a while. So I actually had to call his like coworker slash best friend, Freddie. And they were like, okay, well, can we have Freddie's number? She's like, well, I don't know Freddie's number by heart. The detectives are like, okay, well, maybe there's something in your text messages. Do you mind if we see? And she's like, oh, well, I mean, I was texting one of my friends, Ali, this morning, but there's really nothing to see there. And they're like, oh, well, if you just let us see your phone, then we can go ahead and rule that out very quickly. And then she kind of hesitates. And then she thinks, ooh, maybe if I hesitate, they're going to think I'm hesitating. And she gives over her phone. Now, they did look for the phone call with this Freddie character, and there was no phone call to Freddie to or from this morning. So they're not sure where that came from. However, they did see a phone call to Ali at 6.40 in the morning. And they're like, well, who is this Ali guy? And she's like, oh, Ali is just a friend. He's supposed to be detailing my car. So I called him this morning because we were discussing that. And the detectives were like, oh, okay, that's great. No sexual relationship, anything like that. And she's like, how could you even question me? I am a married woman. There is no way that I am having a sexual relationship with anybody other than my husband. And the detective is like, overreaction, but okay, and continues to take notes. Now, the next person that the detective talks to is Cecil Jr., and Cecil Jr. is hot, and he straight up tells the detective that Lailane has been messing around with that rental car Ali dude for about a year now. And the police are like, hmm, that's good information to know. And they just hold on to that while they continue to investigate. The holidays just ended, so I'm sure that you all have had experiences with that family member that is always in your business. When are you going to get married? When are you going to have children? Why did you get an extra scoop of ice cream for your cake? Like, please. And these conversations are always awkward. And honestly, none of their business. But when you are talking to a professional about your business, like a doctor, you want to make sure that that doctor is qualified and not just unsolicited advice from your auntie and them. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. It is so hard to find a doctor that fits your needs. And as a black woman, I'm very specific about the medical professionals that I go to. And ZocDoc gives me the options that I'm looking for. And I'm really grateful because it makes my search for doctors so much easier. So go to ZocDoc.com SWK and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash S-W-K. ZocDoc.com slash S-W-K. Now, once Larlene finishes up her interview, she sends a text over to her baby and it's like, hey, just so you know, they checked my phone and I told them that I know you through Isaiah and that you need help to get to your wife over here. All right. So Detective Richard Poole's running this show and he decides he needs to interview Ali because this woman husband just died. And you're her side piece. So what you got to say about all this? Well, maybe you want it more, right? Let's see what you up to. So they ask him to describe his day in full detail. He's like, first of all, I don't even understand why you bring me into this conversation. I was nowhere near that house. He's like, I went to work. I worked my job. That's what I do every day, right? I'm a hardworking man. You know, of course, they're going to follow up on his alibi. And he did go to work at 12.54 p.m. This whole morning is kind of open to do whatever, like maybe kill somebody. Then I start talking to him about Larlane. You know, what's up with you and Larlane? What y'all got going on? And he's like, that is just a friend. She's helping me with my immigration status. I'm trying to become an American. And the detective is like, well, do you drive 
a car, specifically a green station wagon, a little Jaguar situation? No, no, no. Now, the detectives are asking if he drove or not because when they're looking in the parking lots closer to the crime scene, they see a green station wagon. It's about a fourth of a mile away from the apartment complex. They run the plates, and the car belongs to Laura Lane. Of course it does. But it's also the car that they know that this nigga drive. Now, it's like, oh, oh, she bought it for me. I borrowed a car in a friendly way, right? So then, of course, now they want to inspect the car, and it's spotless. Just been washed, just been detailed. It raises some suspicions, but also, again, not so much because he works at a car rental place where they stay cleaning out cars. Let me tell you, if I could take my car to work and get it cleaned out, my car would look a lot better than it does right now. But as they look in, they like, you know, they hard pressed for evidence, but it's it's been cleaned well, right? But they do come across one thing. There's a blood stain on the floorboard of the driver's side. So they're like, hmm. Or something that's lighting up with the luminol. There's there's some type of stain, right? So they're like, hmm, this could be blood. And if it's blood, you know, what would be the reason that it's right here on the driver's side? Could it be that he stepped in the blood and then drove the car and now the blood from his shoe is on the mat of the car? Let's go see. So they take that in for testing, but turns out it actually wasn't blood. So now it's August 22nd of 2014. It's eight days after Cecil has been murdered and they are holding his funeral. Now Cecil died at the age of 73. He left behind eight kids and 23 grandchildren. Now Larlaine shows up to the funeral late. And instead of wearing black or like muted out colors, she has on this dress that Tahira describes as... She said it was giving ready for a picnic. Everybody who attends the funeral says that they never saw any tears, never heard any real cries, just these weird noises coming from her. They said that she was just making noises like, ah! I'm sure there were a couple of... Please, Lord, don't take them from... She up there like, why, Lord? It should have been me instead. (laughs) Gotta start, like, convulsing in the front when you go view the body. I'm sure somebody was just waving there in front of her, trying to bring her back to life. Mm, Got the ushers there. They coming with their fans, yeah. Like, she's really out here trying to win an Oscar, you know? She putting on. And even her son, Cecil Jr., is like, Dang, Ma, like, you ain't even kissing that much in real life. You just keep kissing on him. Is it a guilt thing? Is it a I'm sorry thing? So weeks pass, and there's no progression in the case. And Cecil Jr. goes by his parents' house to check on his mom. And when he gets there, there's a real estate agent there talking to his mom. He was like, Ma, you selling a house? And she's like, I'm thinking about it. Because what is she supposed to do? Stay there with all the memories of her? They was together for 50 years. And she's just supposed to stay there? With all the sadness, with all the writing on the wall, the backyard? No. Yeah, like, he died right there in the backyard. Is she supposed to look at that every day? Nah, she's got to get out. So, at this point, you know, she's just thinking about it. Or so she told Cecil Jr., he comes back a week later. The house is packed up. There's a U-Haul outside. She's ready to get the hell on, okay? And she ends up moving out and moving into an apartment with Ali. Now, I want to say this move happened, like, late April, early May, because a week later, after moving into the house, Ali takes a trip to Jamaica to see his real family. And I'm not just talking about his mama and him. I'm talking about his wife and kid. He went to go see his real family. Now, at this point, the case kind of stalled. They didn't have many leads. And Cecil's daughter, his daughter from his first marriage, her name is Belinda, she begged the police. She was constantly talking to them. Please do not let my father's murder go unsolved. And, you know, that's really how a lot of cases go unsolved is because the families are not advocating. And so... 
I remember seeing the press conference and they had the oldest son and he was like, nah, let me bring my sister up here because she's the one that did everything. Like his daughter was continuing to be on the police to figure out what happened to her father. The police there, they have some fire up under them. So they talked to Larlane again. So the cops asked Larlane, is there anybody that you think would want to harm your husband? Anybody that he didn't get along with? And she's like, there's no one I can think of. Well, you know, my son, Cecil Jr., his nickname was Beanie. She was like, I mean, Beanie and Cecil never really got along. And they always had a back and forth, very tumultuous relationship. So maybe he wanted to finally show his dad that he was like the big man. And maybe he did this. And the cops were like, hmm, this is very interesting. So they bring Cecil Jr. in, a.k.a. Beanie. And they say, is there any reason your mom would say this? And he was like, I mean, yeah, my dad was strict. And he didn't play that. And he was, and we did get into physical altercations. There's a couple of times where he would slap me. I'd fall, hit my head. We'd get up, start to fighting. But that was when I was younger. Like, that's not even a thing now. That's also a father-son coming of age. And the police were like, okay, well, can we see your phone and verify that? He's like, sure, have my phone. And of course, there's not many worded text messages, but there's pictures between the two of them. You can really tell that those two hung out a lot, that they had the, they grew into the father-son relationship that you really want to see. Cecil Jr. was like, see, there's something going on here. And I really feel like it has something to do with my mom. And the fingers started being pointed back at Larlane because... Girl, it's the man. It's you having a man. So Cecil Jr., he had had it. I'm sure he just had it one day. He went to go load his shotgun. And he was like, I'm about to go kill Ali. Because in his mind, like you, t you, you feel like you know what happened and you don't have enough really to take anything to court. And that's the problem. But when you know that this person killed your daddy, like you really just want to go and off him. And so he was having one of those moments. And luckily he's really cool with the cops. And the cops is like, no, man, don't do that. I can't like... You will be the one to go to prison. I know this now. Calm down. Let us do our jobs. We have to just figure out another way to do this because they just didn't have enough evidence to take this to trial, even if they knew who did it logically. Logic don't stand in trial. Finally, they're like, okay, well, let's get the FBI involved and start going through their phones. Let's start going on a deeper dive of their records. Maybe there's something there that we can use that will be substantial enough to take this case where it needs to be. So the FBI starts helping with searching phone records and the cell phone analysis shows Larlane and Ali were at the same place around the time of the murder. So much so that phone records show that Ali was in the house for a long period of time that day. Oh, but he was never there. He was at work all day. Oh. Records show, pinging off the towers, that y'all was at the same place at the same time. So what is it? Who lying to who? And this gave them enough probable cause to get a warrant to search their house. And when they searched the house, baby, they found them love letters and a folder called Ali's folder. They found them computer records. Larlane was you know, looking up how to do poison and how to kill your husband. And they were like, oh, well, look at there. Some of the searches were death by burning, shock tasered while sleeping. Like she was really trying to figure out what was going to be her method. Testing all type of shit. Mm-hmm. She even had some poison. She did try to do good old fashioned poisoning because I remember we were on Jokes on You and we were, they were like, what happened to good old fashioned poisoning? She tried. She even had recipes. She was writing down how to make different poisons. She was really trying to figure out her way. And they also found the receipts for the hotel. I guess they were her little prize. There were like 30 receipts, which is disgusting. I guess that's why they... <laughs> I don't know why 30 hotel receipts is like, ooh, it, does, it doesn't feel excessive to you. Right. That's a whole lot of money. And they said that, like, the trips to hotel stopped after she moved in with the nigga. Okay. So the police, with all this evidence, they get an arrest warrant issued on May 7th to arrest Larlane and Ali but Ali is still in Jamaica with his family so Ali comes back May 29 2015 right he on the plane he ready to get scooped up or whatever 
And of course, who gonna pick him up but his girl, right? She down there, baggage claim, waiting for her mans to pull through. She ain't seen him in a minute. So Ali hop out the plane. Sir, you under arrest. Then they scoot on down the baggage claim. Lord Lane waiting to see Ali come pick up his bag. Ma'am, you are under arrest. So they both end up pleading guilty to second degree murder. And the Montgomery County State's attorney, John McCartney, says, if you were going to sum up this case, it's about betrayal and it's about greed. So take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial. If you look at the court documents, so around 2012, Larlene, end of 2012, early 2013, Larlene meets Ali. And they start their little thing going on, right? In May of 2014, Ali gets married because he done got a girl pregnant. On August of 2014, they get together and kill Cecil. And by May of the following year, April of the following year, they've moved in together and getting arrested in May. Hmm. So they're looking throughout this time period, and they're like, damn, Alicia was getting a lot of benefits from this relationship. I'm talking paid trips to Jamaica. They got the little Jaguar station wagon, you know, everything a sugar baby could ask for while still having his women on the side. But, you know, again, I really think, I really think she liked being the other woman. Um, there was also testimony from medical examiner Dr. Dean, and he talked about the injuries that led to Cecil's death and how he was beaten to death by somebody who was holding a weapon. His skull was fractured from multiple blows to the head, about four or five strikes. The brain itself was bruised, which would have caused derangement and an inability to react. He's basically sitting there on the floor paralyzed while he's getting beat to death. And, like, he, he cannot back back. He cannot defend himself. And they said these are injuries that are similar to those that you would see in car accidents. He also had multiple rib fractures on the left side of his body, and his shoulder joint was fractured, which, huh. In total, they said there were about 12 blows to Cecil. The cause of death was a combination of blood loss, decreased oxygen and inability to breathe which caused his heart to stop so like it really makes me think i bet i bet one of them fractured ribs probably punctured his lung and that coupled with his brain swelling from fucking five blows to the head with something out of fucking toolbox <sighs> lastly there was a verizon wireless employee who spoke to the text messages between Ali and Lylene. Lylene texting when I text you, come outside, and and the text to Tahir saying I love you, and even the text later that day where she was giving him a heads up that she spoke to the cops. They got all of that. On April 7, 2017, Larlene and Ali were sentenced to second-degree murder, and both of them would get a maximum sentence of 30 years, which, whew, I think that is pretty light, but they're already old, so... It's a life sentence for them. Yeah, it's a life sentence for them. When they did have that press conference, Belinda, his daughter from a previous marriage, spoke. And she said, Larlene had two sides to her. I think she had a good one and she had an evil. And I think the evil started to win, end quote. She said, they killed the wrong man, but they got the right daughter. I stand here for that guy. He was mine and I was his. I know that's right. You better stand and find your daddy. Period. She said, y'all got the right one today. Y'all got the right one with me. You better be like, listen, I done told y'all about this. Y'all need to stop killing these men that have strong black women in their lives. You never going to get away with it. You never going to get away with it. Cecil Jr., like... He's kind of in the middle of this because this one is both his parents. At least Belinda is like, my daddy, not your, not my mama. But he said, listen, I love my mother. I'm not going to dog her out because she lost her mind for however many minutes that she did that and killed my dad. I just hope that she can come to grips with herself because it is what it is at the end of the day. In June of 2018, they both filed an appeal jointly 
And Larlene argued that there were issues with the jury selection and she challenged the evidentiary decision. And Ali argued that his trial should have been separate from Larlene's because most of the testimony implicated her, not him. And ain't nobody even talk about Cecil running up on him, trying to confront him about the affair or nothing. Cecil Jr. been had beef. So why wasn't that told? Well, you know, he's not a credible witness. He got biased towards me. It's unfair. Now, Larlene's appeal was denied, but Ali's appeal was granted, and his conviction was eventually overturned, and he had to be tried again. He was again found guilty of second-degree murder in November of 2021, and he was sentenced to 30 years again. Belinda back again, and she said, quote, We are thankful and breathing a sigh of relief that this is over. She also said that she's going to be at every bail review to make sure he serves out the full sentence because don't mess with her daddy. You know, she going to make sure he do every bit of that time. Y'all think y'all got something good to say about this man? No, you don't. I sure don't. Now, I couldn't find anything saying what prison Larlene ended up going up to. But they did say at least before she filed her appeal, I don't know if things changed, but they said Larlene has not had any contact with her son and has been by her own choice. Like, she cut him off, which is wild to me. Like, you took away my father, and now you won't be here for me as a mother? For real? But I don't know. He said he wasn't bashing her or nothing, so I guess that's maybe a shame. Hopefully it's shame. It's the new year, so I'm all about getting my money in order, and I'm so grateful to Rocket Money for helping out. I found out that I was paying for a beauty subscription, like to get my lashes done, for months, and I have not been going to that place in quite a while. And thanks to Rocket Money, not only did I find out that I was still paying for this service, but they made it very easy for me to cancel that service. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list them all out? Would you be able to tell me how much you're paying for every single one? Well, if you would have asked me before I started using Rocket Money, I would have just said, nope, they just take it out the account and I just kind of watch the money fly away. And that is not the way to go. Rocket Money shows everything that you're subscribed to, everything that you're paying for that subscription so that you can no longer see money just fly out of your pocket and it helps you get some control over your funds. Rocket Money is a personal financial app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sisters. That's rocketmoney.com slash sisters. Rocketmoney.com slash S-I-S-T-A. All right, y'all, it's time for. Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have gotten away with it. I didn't do it, but if I did, I would have continued to pay the bills at my home while stealing the money for my secret lover. Mm hmm, mm hmm. If. I didn't do it, but if I did, I would have been satisfied with having a secret lover and a nigga who didn't care about my secret lover, you know, and I just would have lived within my means, you know what I mean? I, but she she wanted to be super mama. Maybe, maybe she was trying to narrow down his women, and she just kept feeling like she wasn't enough. I was like, let me buy you this, because buying niggas cars, and so we're doing Jaguars at that. Right. I said a Jaguar. Mm, okay, um, let's play with this theory. What if she was trying to set him up the whole time and just... Cecil? No. Because she remember, she put the life insurance in Ali's name. Like, he was the beneficiary. No, maybe she thought... Maybe she thought that they would suspect her and she was trying to avoid that Slayer statute to not receive the money. And they was just going to continue to deny that they didn't know each other. But the problem is, how you moving in with the nigga that you never met? Oh, you was implicated in my husband's murder too? 
that was the start of our romance, we're not buying it, girl. Yeah, it's not a good, it wasn't a good setup. And I feel like she just got, I feel like it really was just greedy because if your man already knew that you was fucking around with somebody else, mm-hmm. if he was already cool with it, why are you stealing his money as well? Why can't y'all have a real conversation about what's going on? Like, we're all we're all on the same page here. Get a grip. Right. You remember my ex? Uh, her mama had somebody on the side, and her daddy knew. Which one? Oh, oh, uh, I remember. I remember the whole thing about this. The um, cuckold, right? I remember this whole juicy story. <laughs> my ex, her parents were, woo, they were, and her mama ran everything, and she had her little friend on the side that she went to go visit mm. that lived in D.C. Mm. We are here taking It worked trips. for them. He knew. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to be open about what you need. And she she does the same thing. She run the household. Oh, he better watch his back. That's what I was just about to say. Because she covered everything. She covered everything. He's smart. He knows what's up, but she runs everything. <sighs> but he's older, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Sleep with one eye open. In the other room. <laughs> you know what? I think she chose the option of let it just work for you. And that's what you need to do. Let it just work for you. You don't have to kill nobody. I feel like this is such an unnecessary murder. and It was so dramatic. Cecil Jr. was about to kill this man. And confronted you. Why am I in it? Why Why am I in it? And why is my wife in it? <laughs> I'd be really pissed if my in-laws told me about their marital drama. No. Would you be pissed? I don't want to hear. Girl, I'll call you and tell Listen, you all the tea. But... I said because I feel like we'd have a fun chat about it. Lots of gasping. All of it. <laughs> Girl, because... <laughs> Could you imagine? Mm, 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 mm. <sighs> now that would really have my jaw on the floor, though. And they decided to tell you? That's the most scandalous part. You should talk about it. If, if I had a nigga on the side who I was planning to have murder my husband... And when police investigated me, I was going to say that I did not know that man that well. I would not have gone around telling everybody they should get them some Jamaican side piece, too. Because, girl, everybody know you fucking that nigga. That island dick, baby. Y'all got to leave it alone. Y'all got to leave it alone. Stop. Stop. We've been at this all day. Y'all, I wish I could tell... Happy first of the year. Every here's the show. It never where everything goes wrong. I it takes some time to record, like maybe two, three hours. It, We've probably been recording for a good five hours, four hours. Can't catch a break. It says that we've been on the phone for three hours right now, but we've been on the phone for at least two yeah, at least two hours before this. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh parole or no parole. No parole. Both of them gonna die in there. I think cease I no, I think Ali might live to see the day. You think Ali gonna live? You know what I think Ali's gonna do? I think Ali is gonna Ali's gonna have some bitches sending him money in that jail. Probably. But he ain't getting out. Not if Belinda got Not if Belinda got it. anything to do with it, he won't ever see the light of day again. Um, I keep telling y'all. Stop killing people. They got strong black women in their life. You will never prevail. Um, but um what name definitely gonna die in there? Lorlane? She ain't making it. Oh, I hope she talks to her son. Could you imagine if she just went to jail and never spoke to him again and died in prison and just... I said. Yeah. Okay, now let's go ahead and read us some reviews. If you want to leave us a review, you can literally anywhere. There's Apple, there's Amazon, there's um, Spotify, you can tell a friend. That's also very helpful. And if you write us a review, you may hear it on the show. So uh, I have one. Do you have a f- review, friend? I'll get there. Okay. Great work, ladies. 
Found you guys from the Jokes on You pod girlies. Y'all have such soothing and pleasant voices. Thanks. Shout out to Tally and Mel. Mm-hmm. This one says, thank you for this end of year episode. I left a review before, but my list of podcasts has shrunk significantly, and I think you guys are my top three for sure. Keep it up, and I hope you have a podcast one day, so I'll keep listening until I get motivated and encourage you to. I do have a podcast today. It's Sissy Sukil. You should check it out. Also, is she talking about her? <laughs> I keep it up. I hope I have a podcast one day, so I'll keep listening until I get the motivation and the courage to do so. Okay, that makes more sense. Also. I'll try and get into the discussion Facebook group again. Positive vibes. We'll see. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, go out there and Thanks. start that podcast. Do your thing. If you want to keep up with us, you can. You can follow us on Twitter, Sisters Who Kill, on Instagram, Sisters Who Kill Pod, on TikTok, Sisters Who Kill Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook as well. There is also a Facebook private discussion group, and that's really cool. And that is Sisters Who Kill discussion group. There are questions you answer. There are questions you need to answer to get in. Do you have anything else, friend? Talk to us. We talk back.